Okay, good. Okay, cool. We got it. All right, we got it. We're going. We're good. Cool. Should we do the intro? Yeah, let's do the intro. Uh, hey everyone, I'm uh, Honey Hubcaps. And I'm Magnolia Crescent. And this is Keeping It On The Road. Keeping It On The Road. We can't do it. No, we can't do it. We're bad at this. We can't do it. We can't do it. Come on, come on. This is Keeping It On The Road, a podcast about cars, love, and attraction. Keeping it on the road. Keeping it on the road. Can't uh, say I didn't We're on 77 South in West Virginia. Yep. And what car are we driving? We're driving uh, my 2000 Saturn SL1, also known as Goldie, for her uh, tarnished but vibrant gold color. <laughs> great car. Uh, this yeah, is really a great car. car. We love this, this car, car. The thing about this car is that... Uh, people always think that it's a shitty car because it looks like a shitty car, which is kind of a cool thing about it, because it has these dimples, because the last person who drove it smashed it into the side of a fence or something, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but actually, it has held up a lot better than my previous car, which was a 2008 Pontiac Vibe, which my ex totaled. And <laughs> <laughs> good riddance. Yeah, and good riddance. Good yeah. riddance to that ex and his contribute to that car, you know. This would have served me a lot better. Yeah. I wouldn't have this car if it weren't for Magnolia, too, so. Got a lot of good vibes. So, I want to tell everybody about this something that just happened while we were on the highway. Uh, yeah. So, we were driving in this 18 wheeler. Well, it started to smell bad, you know. And, like, you know, the first question you always ask when it starts to smell bad is, like, Is, is it, it me? me? <laughs> yeah. In life in the cars. Right, and, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, wondering about that. And then it turns out this 18-wheeler has this, like, tire ripping off of it or something. But luckily, we were able to communicate as we were scooping down this mountain, curly queuing around. <laughs> yeah, I pulled up alongside. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And we were just like, buddy, your your tire's falling off. But he 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 knew. He, he already knew. He Is already, that what that was? I think I don't know. What do you think it was? Do you think he already knew, or do you think he was just uh, trying to try to get us to stop? It seemed like, it like someone had someone had already pointed it out to. Him. He was planning on getting off the next exit. No word. Anyway, I thought do you have a nice radio name? name? <laughs> Yeah, what's your radio name? <laughs> I don't think one up yet. <laughs> well, we'll get to this. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the radio name. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. You, Wait, you am I supposed to take this exit? Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, here we are. <laughs> Four sixties. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just, yeah, and you just start getting me on this for a while. Oh, okay, great, great, great. For, like, another, uh-huh. you know, hour at least. Yeah. Uh, so... Okay, cool. Well, anyway, I thought that that was a good moment of uh, 
driver solidarity, you know, that I don't feel like I get to exercise a lot on the road, but like, you know, right. it felt good. I feel like we're often on the road and we're in isolation and we're, you know, it's just an odd uh, kind of social experience because you are surrounded by people all the time and you can't communicate with them, but right. that felt good. I feel like driver solidarity is super important. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, like, always flashing your... Like, I always mm -hmm. flash my lights to be like, oh, there's a cop, you know? Like, if I pass a cop. Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. That's being a true driver comrade, I feel like. My so mom used true. to always say that there was, like, some kind of, like, great driving, like, karma about, like, <laughs> allowing people to get parking spaces before you did. Huh. <laughs> and that if you did that, then a new parking space would appear for you. Wow. <laughs> so, I wasn't internalized that lesson. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> should we get back to Rosebud Thorn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, um, yeah, what? <laughs> Do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why don't you ask me the question? Okay. What's exciting you about your car right now? My, okay, what are, what's my rose about my car, right. my bud, and... Well, well, let's do, what's exciting you about your car, and what's exciting you about crushes? Okay, cool, okay. This, does we'll, that feel good? That feels good, yeah, okay. definitely, definitely, okay. Hmm. I guess starting with the car, I feel, I feel like I am developing a good relationship with my car, um, that I haven't previously had, where I feel like, I used to be like, I felt like there was a lot of chaos around when and if my car would break down or not, you know, I don't, I'm not somebody that I grew up learning a lot about cars, and so I always kind of felt sort of caught in this sort of nightmare ignorance about them, so whenever something would go wrong, I like thought it was sort of a fatal <laughs> uh, right. incident that was about to happen, but now I feel like I have a good understanding of Goldie, and I know, like, I'm going to put oil on her, and, like, you know, I, I know that Goldie is, like, despite all appearances, like, probably going to make it on a long trip. You know, Goldie just went from North Carolina back to Virginia then to Ohio, you know, all in the span of just, like, a few days, and it's just holding up fine, so I feel, I feel happy about the longevity of the car, and also my, I feel excited about growing my knowledge, I guess, about the car. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I feel, I mean, it's always, like, you know, I feel like the first year or whatever of having a car, you're like, okay, like, I don't know what's gonna go wrong, yeah, totally. But then you learn and you yeah, build that relationship. You build a relationship, you know, start checking the oil. Yeah. <laughs> you, like shit. Yeah, I also feel good because I, for a long time, really thought that there was, like, a serious transmission leak. And, uh, well, you put the stop leak in it, but now it just seems like that's not happening, so I feel, right. I feel pumped about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. I was like, I was like, oh, I was about to take it on a trip that was like 200 miles, you know, not uh -huh. that far, but I was like, uh, 
And I was like, oh, well, there's this transmission leak. I got to top it off. And then our friend here was like, well, why don't you just put the stop leak in it? And I was like, oh, well, I don't know if I want to do that. Like, if, what if it plugs up the transmission cooler? But then he, like, explained. He was like, no, 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 no. It's not, like, radiator stop leak. It's, it's totally different. It's just, like, a thicker oil, you know. You can't do that. So, which I didn't, you know, it's like a stop leak products. You know, I'm always like, oh, well, does that do anything? But, so it's great to know that it works for yeah. this guy. Yeah, totally. It's like I'm able to take a lot longer journeys, you know, feel independent that way. I guess coming around to crushes, uh, kind of really, I feel like I've, this year, kind of come into my, like, capacity to, like, articulate my crushes with, like, a little more bravery, you know? Like, I, I yeah. feel, I told a crush... Uh, a couple months ago. Well, I told I told her on International Crush Day that she she was a crush. Oh, that's awesome. Pretty fucking cool. Yeah, um, I feel like that shit is cool. Yeah, because it it's like so cheesy. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh huh. Well, it like normalizes crush telling. You know, um, it just makes it like much less. I, I don't know. I feel like when it's like culturally normalized to like be vulnerable with people in that way the risk is kind of uh, it doesn't it's not like doesn't disappear but it feels a lot safer you know and it feels like everybody's just doing that um, so it felt good to like be brave in that way and to like take that risk and have that like crush be kind of reciprocated um, but also oh, not, it was I feel like, yeah it was but not oh, but not in a way where it was like there were any like definite expectations so this is the thing that i've learned about crushes is, in my years <laughs> you know it's like i feel like sometimes like part of the weight of crushing is like we attach the crushing weight the crushing weight yeah <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> the deadening blow <laughs> is uh, kind of evolves from like people feeling like there's very specific outcomes that have to come out of like saying that you were crush on someone, but like I don't, I don't, I feel like just like the telling is enough, you know? Really? I mean, I don't know, maybe not. <laughs> is it talking it depends. about? I mean. I maybe it's not I guess it depends um I think the telling is it, it like can like fulfill oh my god there's a huge turkey oh fuck fuck oh, oh, barely avoided god. that one <laughs> I thought we were gonna hit that at the Me end of the too. ditch. Me too. <laughs> that was scary as fuck. Wow. Wow. Some weird omens for the first episode of this podcast. Wow. 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 Shit. Um, okay. Well, well, folks, we avoided the turkey. Uh, oh my all of the lives, you know. I kept thinking to myself, can this bird fly? Can this bird not fly? Like, what's up with this bird? You know? Sometimes you just gotta fly. I guess. Okay, so what I what I think about crushes though is like 
I don't know. I, I think it maybe it's it's more like it really that's enough to relieve the tension. Maybe it's not enough to like fulfill sure. your emotional needs in your life and like getting the love and support that you want. But that's to me isn't like the point of telling somebody you have a crush on them. Like the point of telling you someone you have a crush on them is to like announce to the world that you like got this like you know sparkly feels going on and like you want them to like know that and hold that but I don't think you can go into that with like any kind of specific expectation because that's not fair for that person or yourself you know like that kind of that that takes a lot more work you know and time I think but I feel like it's exciting to me to feel like I can have like a spectrum of relationships and crushes that aren't necessarily always going to result in like committed partnerships, you know? Yeah. Like that expansiveness. I think that a crush can be so many different things that one of the things that's intimidating for me is like sometimes, you know, I can tell somebody I have a crush and then I'm like, uh, did I communicate anything, or are they just more confused? <laughs> yeah. Do they know less than before I yeah. said anything? Yeah, Because then uh, it maybe triggers all these different assumptions, and then they're totally different from what's going on inside me. Uh-huh. So I feel like I feel like it's it's really hard to go beyond that and be like, well, this is how I, you know, this specifically is how I feel. You know, sometimes. And sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, well, you know, there's sparkles and fireworks. Like, uh-huh. yeah. Do you feel like when you tell people I have crushes, you have a crush on them, you have some kind of, like, fantasy in your head of what your, like, life together with that person, like, could be? Well, I think I'm learning not to do that. Yeah. You know, I think when I was, when I was younger, there was a lot more, like, Oh, you know, I, yeah. or expectations, mm-hmm. and, and that I think that is part of why it was so scary. Those expectations were scary, you know. Oh what I yeah, mean? totally. Because it was like, well, do I actually want that? Probably like the fantasies weren't always the things that I like wanted. You know, sometimes it was like just things that I thought were possible or expected or thought oh, yeah. had to follow yeah, certain totally. kinds of attraction. Yeah, yeah, it kind of follows a certain kind of, like, like, the rubric of, like, the escalator of relationships or something. Well, that, that's that's the thing to me that's exciting, though, is, like, removing the crush from the relationship escalator, you know, and, like, allowing it to just be fully, like, this is, like, a feeling I have in the present towards you, and that's all it has to be. Like, it certainly can be more than that, but I don't need to, like lay that all down right now, you know, but anyway, what's exciting you about your car and your crushes recently? Well, uh, what's exciting me about my car? Well, so, yeah, uh, so my car is Critter, it's a 95 Mercedes E300 diesel, and it, like, has a veggie oil system that I built, but it has never really worked very well, like all veggie oils. <laughs> just like, you know. like a million problems, you know what I mean? It just uh-huh. like, but uh, before our most recent trip, me and our friend in the car here, 
um, like, like got another, uh, well, we were like, oh, we want to be able to run veggie because there's all this like shitty veggie oil in a barrel in the yard that we need to burn up, you know what I mean? So, but, uh, so we, we put a new filter housing on it too, actually. So there's like more filters on the car than there were before and it ran great and the normal it had been getting 30 miles to the gallon and it's now did like 34 on the highway which Whoa, I plus really four. happy about that's um, cool so I feel like you know I, I was I was getting to the point of being like I don't want to do veggie anymore this just sucks like it's, uh-huh. it, takes, it takes so much work it's not like french fries all the time yeah, but now I'm like, oh, maybe I would get back into it. You know, it is. Yeah. I do have the setup now. It is cheaper, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so do you feel like it's more worth it? We'll see. We'll see if it keeps working. You know, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I have to work on my setup more. You know, because like, I was just putting the veggie oil in that. And that 50-gallon drum at the house. You saw that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's like... This is bad. Like, filtering it through that that drip filter into the drum. Like... I don't know. I feel like people have put a ton of thought into how to make a veggie oil system work. But, like... It's still... I don't know, it's still it's just like this new thing that people like fuck with and don't really Yeah, like there hasn't been as much experimentation on it. Right. So. Certainly not by me. Or, you know, I know there are people who build kits and that make it work right that I didn't want to pay for one of course. Uh-huh. So like, here's this fifty gallon drum I'm like pouring into it and then the, the, it's like water always gets in there and then the veggie strips the paint off the barrel and it's like all rusty now and I'm like, well shit, I need to get this out of here because eventually the barrel's going to rust out yeah. and it's going to dump the veggie oil on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to work, you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so not, yeah. But I think now I'm feeling more like, oh, maybe I would... And since I'm feeling a little more like I might be living at least part-time at that house, like, longer term. Uh-huh. I'm not sure, but it seems possible. And maybe I would get a better better way to pre-filter it before I put it in the car. And, uh, uh-huh. It was it was rough before car camp. Well, yeah, whatever. But I was going to tell us... It's a digression. Like, you can tell the story. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we can just edit it out. Yeah, if yeah whatever. If it's not good. Yeah. But before car camp, I was like, oh, there was all these plastic jugs, like the QBs, the five-gallon jugs, uh-huh. sitting around the barrel. And I was like, oh, I got to get these out of here, you know? And I'm going to take the sludge. So a lot of it was sludge. And I was like, well, I'll just take that to the hazmat place. And I, like, picked one of them up. And it had been sitting in the sun so long that the plastic was all brittle. And the whole top just, like, crumbled and dumped the veggie oil on the ground. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, god damn it. Oh, it was no. rough. That is rough. So then, like, you know, and it happened with two more. I didn't dump them, but they, and they were clean. Uh-huh. They just needed to be poured into the barrel. But then it's like, oh, you know, I had this sort of bucket full of oil, and I, like, went to get the pump that I used to use to pump it. And, like, the pump was just been in the garage all winter, and it's like, just 
totally fucked, totally rusted out, like, wouldn't do anything, I just threw it in the scrap pile, and I, like, bucketed the veggie oil out with, like, an orange juice container or something. (laughs) So it came uh, fruit oil. (laughs) Yeah, it was, uh, it was rough. Yeah, that level of mess feels, like, a little overwhelming. It's so messy. And yeah. I, I'm starting to understand why it's technically hazmat. It's technically hazmat? Yeah, I mean, the hazardous waste place takes it, and I think if you're, like, trucking used vegetable oil around, you have to have some kind of placard. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not going on the record. You're, like the veg- <laughs> you're on the record. I am on the record, right? But why is it, why is it hazmat? Just because it's... Uh, I mean, it, like, killed our grass pretty effectively. Jesus. I mean, it's like, it, uh, eats through rubber. God. So. God, I need to learn a little bit more about chemistry. I didn't realize vegetables were that, but dangerous. <laughs> well, you know how they say, like, don't use, uh, like a latex condom with, with oil-based lube? Uh-huh. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Totally. Going into our other topic. Right. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that either, though. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, the sex ed class that I taught, we would do this thing of, like, like blow up a balloon mm-hmm. and then, like, rub veggie oil on it, some, like, corn oil or whatever, mm-hmm. and it'll pop. Wow. You have to like keep rubbing it, but it will pop. Do you think that that happens to a lot of people that they don't realize that it's like gonna make the condom rip, and they just like are using vegetable oil because they're like, oh, I think this is fun, and then. Uh, you know, I really don't know. I've never seen yeah, any interesting information. Study. About that. Yeah. Wow, that sounds fun. Can you say anything about the sex ed class you teach? Um, yeah, yeah, it's our whole lives, it's the Unitarian Universalist, uh, well, it, it, I guess it was developed by Unitarian Universalists and, uh, like, UCC people, mm-hmm. and I'm not any of them, I, like, actually got started because I was oh, working <laughs> for a UU church, and, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good program comprehensive, you know, I, I like to do it, I don't know. Cool. Oh. certainly hate that. Yeah. You do a lot of, like, fun little exercises, like putting the vegetable oil on the con- condom balloons. Sorry, cut that out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Gritty and raw. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there, there's some, there's some exercises, I don't know, I feel like an amount of frustration about that particular, like, place where I was doing it, mm-hmm. and the way that we were doing it, I don't really want to, like, talk about it Yeah, right totally, totally. I think it's a good program, and I'm, like, totally. definitely very into sex ed, I think yeah. extremely important and effective thing. Absolutely. I was talking with some teenagers in West Virginia about their sex ed classes, and I was like, oof, this is real bad. Well, they were saying stuff like they, well, it's abstinence only, you know, first of all. 
And so they literally only learn about STDs. Like, they don't learn about anything else. They don't learn about consent. They don't even learn, really, about pregnancy, which is the thing that's crazy about it to me. Oh, my and God. And so some kids in this one high school they were telling me about were under the impression that, like, you couldn't get pregnant if you were under 18. Like, wow. somehow, I don't know why they thought that. But, Absolutely. like, that your body wasn't developed enough or, like... Maybe, like, under a certain age, like, you just couldn't get pregnant. And so there are all these kids that are pregnant, you know, at that high school. And it's really fucked up and kind of really rough. It's rough on those people's lives, you know. Um, but, yeah. Well, I mean, they, I mean, they can't really get abortions either, can they? I mean, in West Virginia, like, the there's only one abortion clinic left in the whole state. And... I'm not exactly sure what the laws are around minors, like, but I'm fairly sure that you need parental consent, um, and so that's pretty tough for a lot of people for a lot of reasons, obviously, um, you know, so yeah, like, reproductive healthcare is being super restricted, and at the same time we aren't even, like, offering young people, like, any, like, very basic education about, like, what sex is, you know, and, like, any elements of, like, pleasurable parts of sex either, you know, and they're also not teaching them about consent, which is the thing that really grinds my gears, um, but, yeah, I think that's awesome that you are part of a program like that, it's really cool, but, sorry, we never got to talk about what is exciting you and what your crush is, I don't, I do want to get around to that. If you want to speak. I didn't know. I, uh-huh. I didn't skip immediately to what's worrying you about <laughs> Okay, okay. Yeah, only, I just don't feel, jump, feel only jump. worried about any and all crushes. And oh. I, no. <laughs> no, I know. I feel like they are crushing. Yeah, they're, <laughs> no, they're not. They're, they're, just, they're just somewhat making me somewhat nervous. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like that's been the worst part about oh, hormones is that I have yeah. more crushes. Like, really? You yeah. feel like you have more crushes? Capita and then you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more crushes in my one capita. <laughs> that wasn't the right way to put it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Well, I actually don't know what you mean. <laughs> like, for how that this doesn't this made sense in my head. Like, like with the like numbers of people you generally encounter. You feel like you have crushes on a higher percentage of them than you did before. I think so. I still don't have that many crushes, but I feel like for a couple years, I was like, just really didn't, didn't, I mean, only, you know, didn't really feel that kind of attraction. And when I did, it was like, Uh just so faint, you know? Yeah. Which I was, uh, I was kind of into that. Yeah. Uh... You know, just yeah, those, that's cool. those feelings are, I don't know, I feel like I've invested a lot of emotional energy in figuring out how to be, like, celibate and single in a way that feels good, and then, like, mm-hmm. on that train, very much, you know, but it's so, it's like, in a way, like, this is, this is just, like, I feel like it shouldn't have to be this way, but crushes feel, like, a little bit threatening to me, Yeah, you know, they're, well, they're definitely, like, a disruption in that pattern.
that's your okay so so car car type is like 80s standard rust look <laughs> those are that's that's not and that's not the kind of car that i drive and it's right. maybe not the kind of car that i would buy but that's the kind of car that i see it and i'm like that's sexy. So that's the car right. that you have a crush on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's maybe not always the most practical. Yeah. Like, yeah, I do that all the time. I'm on mm-hmm. Craigslist and I'll see some weird thing, like some weird diesel car from the 80s that <laughs> needs probably needs yeah. tons of work and I'll never be able to find all the parts I need for it. But I'm still yeah. for a second like, ooh, I should buy that. <laughs> Just want it. Yeah, yeah, it's totally. an addiction, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm trying to think of like a crush allegory to that. I kind of feel like that's when I have a crush on people that are like, uh, you know, traveling from place to place all the time. Right. Like, maybe have like a light drinking problem. Yeah. <laughs> you so know? Real. But are like really so honest and like down to earth. And like, you know, they're just crushable. It's sexy, but it's right. so not like you're not. like, this is not a line to be like, this is gonna not do me good. Like, I bet this person doesn't even do the dishes. Like, you can't really have a relationship with that person, but like, really attractive like, to live on the edge like that. Right. Know? Or it's like, you know, I guess I do have a type that's like, I have a different type to where I know. I know it's never, it's like me. <laughs> Me and Penny, no you know, way. where it's oh, like, yeah. it's like, okay, you're, okay. yeah, I it's like, you're that. almost 20 that. years older than me, you've got like Whoa. four kids, you know, yeah, I mean, you're on your own fucking okay, what's train. what's the car equivalent of that type? It's what we were just talking well, about. Okay, it's like it's like a, it's like an you know eighty two like yeah. Subaru diesel. It's <laughs> <laughs> something that yeah. they never even sold in America. You know what I mean? Like yeah, 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 that yeah. is like that's amazing. Yeah, like that is hot. Yeah. That really is great. Or like. Or like Connie, you know what I mean? Oh like, uh, <laughs> yeah, Connie. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know we, we like have probably pretty different politics. You uh-huh. have you have a really you know important life that involves uh, destroying the Ohio Green Party. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know. But you know uh, that crush is still there. You know, it's yeah. growing. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, then I guess my question for myself always is like, what is my attraction to that kind of person, or that like kind of impractical thing? Like, where does that come from? why do I have it, you know? Is it, like, from a place of, like, self-destruction, or is it, like, part of, like, having a crush is just, like, having a total fantasy that, like, you could be driving a... You know, what my, my like, car crush was always, like, to, like, have a T-bird, <laughs> which is obviously a totally impossible thing, because it's from, like, the 60s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I also shouldn't have a convertible because I right. live in pretty unforgiving climate <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense but I I don't know I feel like if I had that car I would just be able to be like a different person in the moment that I was driving it you know uh-huh. that's what I think I don't know and maybe yeah that's don't something know. you think of when you meet someone and yeah think about yeah like think about what what it could be like to hang out yeah 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 yeah. it's like Uh, i would have to be a different person 
to have any kind of anything with you. Oh, but so that's totally. kind of attractive. It's like, I thought right. maybe I would want to be that person for a week, you know? Yeah, like, I remember, I didn't really have a crush, but I kind of had a little fling with this guy that was, like, a train hopper. Um, and, like, all tattoos all over his face. Like, train punk. <laughs> you know train I mean? punk. Yeah. And I, like, I was like, I don't really want to be a train punk, you know? Like, I don't know if I could successfully hop the rails. Or, Do you think like, that he was, like... For it to work, you would have had to be a train punk. Well, yeah, because that was his lifestyle. That's what right. he, like, wanted to do all the time, you know? Um, but I think there's something, like, attractive about a person that, like, represents a totally unfamiliar world, you know? Right. And, like, really you get, like, the possibility of getting to, like, enter that world is, like, exciting, you know? So, right. Yeah. Well, and that's maybe, like, that's maybe, like, a bridge to our sort of one of our questions here, like, is working on someone's car, like, flirting? Oh. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Well, okay, well, speaking from my experience, so, I guess I sometimes have a type of dating, like, depressed, uh, yet arrogant, <laughs> like, leftist dudes. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's what type maybe. Um, you know, we're usually, like, kind of creative. Um, but, like, I haven't really dated somebody who knows a lot about cars until recently. Like, I'm dating somebody now who does know some, some about cars. And I think it's, it's I think it, it, it can, it could absolutely be But I also think what's, what gets weird about it is when there's, like, a power dynamic. It's like, you actually really need someone to fix your car. <laughs> and they know more about cars than you do, but they're also trying to flirt with, you know, like, right. that gets a little messy. Yeah. Um, but I also think that if it, if, I mean, I think there are probably ways to do that more healthily. I think that, like, if you are working in a car together with someone, that's really fun because you like have a project together right. and then you're like you have a shared goal and you're learning with each other you know and I think you know and part of it is like I've also tried to like uh, move past my lived dynamic of like most of the people who you know want to help me with my car tend to be cis men like whether I'm like interested in them or not and I think that they like are kind of trying to perform some masculinity things sometimes whether or not it's like flirting but I have been seeking out people that are not cis men to learn about cars with and to you know I guess car flirt with <laughs> right. and that that feels a lot better that feels really different but I don't know what do you think yeah, I, I think it can be flirt. I don't know. I mean, I think working on somebody's car with them, you know, it's like, uh, it's fun. It's like, mm -hmm. really, it's physical. Yeah. Which I feel like is cool. Like, I definitely feel, like, awkward in that body. I certainly feel awkward, like, touching people, you know what I mean? But, like, yeah. sometimes, like, a cool flirty thing is where you're doing like a physical yeah, activity that doesn't involve totally, touching each other totally. or like yeah, hand yeah. if you're like reaching you know uh -huh, if you're both uh -huh, like, like like looking over the engine compartment yeah yeah, 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 yeah 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 which am I still going the right way yeah 
Yeah, yeah. You just keep going until 81. Okay. Okay. 81 or 80? 81. 81. Okay. 80's back in Ohio. I'm confused. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, sorry to cut you off. <laughs> You're really fine. Yeah, we will not get there. <laughs> no way, not never. Um, can't get there from here. Can't get there from here. Gotta put around. Get back. Oh, but no, that that sounds good to me. That sounds like a good form of flirting. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like nice and safe to me. Uh-huh. Like anything, if it's if it's mutual and like challenging social norms, I feel like it's good. It's good flirting. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, yeah I right. agree with that. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, Amen. that seems like a good. Flirting. I'll drink to that. Drink to that. <laughs> not, you know what is We're not drinking right now. <laughs> it's really bad flirting when like some dude is like, oh yeah. Like, I'll fix your car for you, and then they fuck it up. Yeah, they just make <laughs> it right. Uh, <laughs> uh, horrible. Horrible. That's the bad guy. Yeah, it's rough. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, no, not turned on by that. No. Oil is everywhere, and I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Is that, that's uh, that's, is that something you've experienced yeah, before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to name names, but, you know... I, I, you know, it's like also, you know, it's a fine line. It's probably, you know, I think that person was trying to learn about mechanics, didn't know that much, but was not very um, honest about their humble, humble <laughs> one might say, <laughs> about their experience or abilities. Um, and I think he, like, yeah, was also maybe probably trying to prove to me that he was like, cool and competent and like a sort of flirtatious way but then you know but yeah that wasn't very impressive <laughs> all right well so do you want to go back to what's worrying you about your crushes Ooh, and your car maybe. okay okay yeah i do okay okay but i'll do crush first this time then move on to car um I think I feel worried because I am about to like probably move to a new place and I am worried about how that will like impact both my long term, longer term crushy relationship um, and like the budding crushes that I haven't really tended to because I do feel like crushes are kind of like you know, are definitely, like, to, like, be analogy city over here, but, like, I feel like they're, like, definitely, like, kind of, like, plants where, like, you do have to, like, attend to them or else they're gonna just die, you know? Right, or um, fade away. Or fade away. Maybe that's fine. Maybe you want them to fade away, but, like, you don't, you know? I have to visit those people and I have to, like, make something happen. Um, and so I'm a little worried that it being further away is gonna impact that, and I'm worried, like, also my life and my lifestyle being different is gonna like maybe make those people have less crushes on me and like that's I don't know there's there's always that like fear um, I also like there's also somebody in my life that uh, has a crush on me who is like I feel like not at the communication stage that I have reached in my life which I would not say is like 
level five, you know. <laughs> but, like, in terms of, like, polyamory, like, I feel like, you know, I think I'm, like, a solid, like, level three and a half and, like... Out of, out of what? <laughs> I guess I didn't think about that. I don't know, like, out of, like, five, yeah. Okay, great, um, great. And I feel like I, I have certain expectations around being able to articulate, like, what I want and what the other person wants and, like, what are barriers and, like, what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And this person who's, like, very kind, really nice, but he's just, like, struggles a lot and I I feel like I'm gonna... I, I'm worried about, like, getting, like, frustrated at a person who's, like, in a vulnerable place in their life and, like, is very kind and genuine, but, like, is making me feel like I don't know how to, like fully encounter them as either like a friend or like a sweetie crush person because he doesn't necessarily like fully understand my own boundaries or like isn't really being clear about what he wants you know and so that's frustrating and is worrisome um, and yeah I think it's like I don't know, but it's, like, a thing that I've been thinking about, too, though, is I feel like it's this platitude that, like, communication is the key to good relationships, but, like, in order to communicate, you also have to be, like, self-reflective enough to, like, understand what you want. Right. Most people aren't really that interested, or, like, maybe not most people, but I have come to the realization that many people are not as introspective as I am, and so I think my... Sometimes my expectations for communication are like a little out of whack because there's well that's a lot of work to like be thoughtful about what you're feeling and also be like brave to be vulnerable about it and I think a lot of people don't have the capacity or the time to be introspective in that way or like don't want to because of trauma um, to like dig that deep into themselves and so yeah so that's like I don't know. I think I'm trying to, like, hold that, like, that communication is key, but also, like, recognize that, you know, communication is just sort of, like, the outward, like, expression of, like, a deeper process, you know? Um, but anyway, those are some... And also, another worry I have is I feel like I want to have more, like, queer relationships in my life, but I have had mostly more so like my long-term relationships have been more like straight and I think I'm like worried that I like don't know how to do it and like you know like I feel like more like a teenager in that way like I'm still learning like what it means you know to be in a relation with people um, that doesn't fit this like same shitty heterosexual script you know that I've been like socialized into but that's also exciting. It's worrisome and exciting at the same time, you know? Um, and then for my car, I, like, I don't know. I, I'm worried that something is wrong with my car that I don't know about. <laughs> right. And, like, I feel like that's my, it's kind of mirrors my general anxiety in life where, like, nothing bad has happened, but I'm convinced that it will, you know? And I have trouble, like, Know, keep driving it with like the certainty that it's just like gonna be fine I, I mean I also like put a lot of miles on it at this point and I do really want it to last but 
Mm-hmm. How long have you had this car? It's like three years. I don't years. even know. A couple years, yeah. Uh, I, think, I think it's been, I think it's been three, no. Two or three? Two, four, five? Yeah, about three, about three, because it's 2016, three. I remember, I just, yeah, I just graduated from college. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's when I got it, um, so, so yeah, I really wanted to keep running forever, right. and I, no one did, it once. Right. <laughs> and I sort of, like, you know, it's kind of like grief, but you're not really allowed to like grieve for a car. But I'm also like grieving before for it before it even dies. You know. Um, right. Well, it's like yeah, it makes me sad to think that someday my car won't run. Yeah. But yeah. it's like I've gotten to the point where I now feel like I I'm not worried about there being a problem I don't know about because I've you know worked on every system on that car and I feel like I you know. Yeah. I know it that, like, like... you have some good knowledge of it. Yeah, I've gotten to know that car well enough that I know that, like, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with anything I can see. Like, mm-hmm. if, there's a, if there's a problem in the engine or transmission, there's nothing I can do about it, you know? Yeah. So I'm not going to rebuild either of those things. And then there's rust. And I can see all the rest, you know, and mm-hmm. there's nothing I can do about that. I mean, yeah. I guess I could maybe try to grind it out and fix it, but I, I'm you kind of too lazy. grind out rust? Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah, well, it's harder if you have, like, a hole, but if, if there's just, like, a rust patch. And I did it on my car. That's all why there's those silver paints on mine. Yeah. But it, like, didn't work because I didn't do a good job. <laughs> but you, like, you grind, the, you grind down to... To like shiny steel, yeah. Like so, through the paint, through the rust, whatever. And then you would just paint over it, and you probably, you know, I mean, I think people who actually do body work do like a ton of layers of like I don't even know what do you? Like probably some sort of like metal primer, body primer. I don't really know that. I haven't really done any body work. Right. Well, and there's like some clear coat. We have a friend oh, who yeah. does body work that yeah. you like. It's like nail polish, I guess. You like top nail top polish. Coat. It. That's cool. Well, it's, I mean, it's not actually nail. Wow. But, well. <laughs> well, is it, is it lacquer? Yeah, I think it. I think it's kind of similar to nail polish. That's cool. I don't know. Anyway, or if there's a hole, you can like fill it in with fiberglass or bondo which is like not really structural but it like makes it look nice and it should stop it from rusting further or you can like actually you know when our friend who does body work was over he was like working on our landlord's car and he would like actually uh like brazed some new steel in where there were holes in the body but like you know I know. And, like, my car is good. It doesn't have a ton of frame rest. It just, like, eventually I think we'll have so many holes that you won't, like, driving it will just mean, like, breathing straight diesel exhaust. (laughs) And then I'm gonna probably scrap it, you know Uh what I mean? Uh I don't know. Maybe I'll do body work on it. But maybe you'll also just, like, accept that Critter is going to die one day and Right. Yeah. Well, it's like that with relationships too. I think yeah. because it's like there's there's, <laughs> there's a question of like yeah. 
there's always a question of can I expect better? Can I reasonably yes, expect better than totally, this? totally. And it's something that I feel like is a huge disconnect between me and people of my parents' generation because mm-hmm. I look Definitely. at a lot of their relationships. They're like, no way, we're not even going to try for better. Right, you know? and it's like they have a certain expectation and they maybe would like certain things to be better, but they're like, well, you know, we have you know decided that we expected this and this is what we have and we're going to make it work and that's what we're doing you know and I really respect that yeah totally and like I think yeah I think it's beautiful to like actually like you know develop conflict resolution skills and like make things last but it's also like a cool thing that in our generation that we can like learn to like we're like well, we're less constrained by monogamy than previous generations were, even though most people are still monogamous, but, like, also, like, you know, I think it's good that there's, like, more dialogue on, like, you shouldn't just stick around with, like, an abusive person. Do you, you think know? we're less constrained by monogamy? Well, I think compared to previous generations, at least I, I feel like maybe there were, like, hippies in the 60s that were, like, I don't even know if they really called it poly, though. I mean, I feel like there was, like, free love, but that wasn't, like, an intentional practice. I feel like polyamory as an intentional practice, even in radical communities, is, like, a pretty new phenomenon just from, like, talking to people and, like, reading about, like, I don't, I don't, I can't say that for sure. I haven't, like, researched it in that deep of a way. I mean, I think most of mainstream culture is really constrained by monogamy, and we're still unlearning it, but I feel like at least in my world, it feels like there's, like, another option, you know? Whereas, like, I don't even know if people really felt that way, you know? Maybe they did. Who knows? I think, you know, I, we didn't have that word, but... Oh, you are going to get an 81 soon. Okay. I believe it's... Yeah, it's the first 81. First 81. Right? Yeah, there's, like, two... It just, like, turns into 81. No, there's an exit you have to take. Exist. I think I'll be able to figure it out. Okay. Right. Um, but I, oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, we didn't have that word, but people... St- I mean, I don't know. Like, we have a friend who's who's our parents' age who's, like, you know, has, like, definitely doesn't call it polyamory, but I think has, like, been having, like, consensually non-monogamous relationships for a while. It's, like, the previous owner of this car. Yeah, so. true. Wow, I didn't really know I was talking about this. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... Well, whatever, I'm not going to talk about <laughs> friends on the air. I, but I just, I just think that, you know, uh, I think it's important to remember that it helps to have a word for something, but there are always people who are already doing it. Yeah, true. That's that's very true. We should acknowledge that. I guess the reason why I think that is when I've talked to my mom about it, about, like, the 60s and, like, 70s and people, like, practicing, like, free love or whatever. She really just makes it sound really horrible. Doesn't like, she just say, oh, free love never works? Yeah, she says it never worked. And she also is, like, bad. it wasn't... It just doesn't seem like there was as much, like, consent involved or, like, intentionality. I don't know. Right. But, like, that's also just her perspective. Seems like it was pretty... Pretty Sexist. Rough. Yeah, I think it, that's a big part of it. It was just really, like, a lot of, like... I was trying to make a, I was thinking of another car love analogy though. Um, <laughs> I was thinking of what you were saying about like, 
you know, like the question of like, could there be something better out there? And like, I think something that like sometimes is like wild to me, like reflecting on my past is like how I just like in my past, I just had no even conception that like such a different kind of love or such a different kind of car would become an option or was a real option. Like, you know, like I think about when I was like driving the Pontiac vibe and, you know, in this pretty shitty relationship, I was, I felt like that was like the totality of my reality. And like when the Pontiac vibe got totaled, I just like couldn't even imagine another car. Like, being in my life, you know, like, I just, like, was, like, fuck, it's, like, everything's crashing and burning, nothing's gonna work out, like, goddammit, you know, and, like, and, you know, then this car came to me, really, (laughs) because of you and our friend, and that changed a lot for me, um, yeah, and then also, like, other, another relationship came to my life in a very similarly, like, feeling like a kind of, I don't know if I want to say random, but like it, it felt like serendipitous way. Is this south or am I going south or north? Uh, no, north. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> um, you know, so that's just like kind of funny to reflect on. Like you never know like the cars that are going to come into your life or the people that are going to come into your life. Right, I'm getting like getting a vehicle is a can be a really big commitment you're like oh yeah probably gonna put a lot of money into it time and work if it needs Uh, it and like and it's like a people too is it like yeah like be shitty am i gonna have to put like thousands of dollars into it for it to like function at all or like is it gonna be great you know like holding and just like work out somehow Right. right. Well, and the other thing is, like, you know, if you're looking for a vehicle, there you are on Craigslist, and you're just trying to, like, prepare yourself for what's going to come along. Yeah. Like, you can't really go, I mean, you know, you can, like, search, you know, for a certain thing. But, like, you have to just be, just just open yourself to see. I think it's C, right? Or six Cs. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Is it though? Is this what we did wrong last time? Um, when we were going to okay. We did get off earlier to go to the parts. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was also some talk of we should stay on. I guess this was my idea. We should stay on eighty-one up until stay eighty-one to Toronto, or should we just get a go over sixty? Oh, where does that spit you out? I don't know. I just don't want to Let's just do this. <laughs> let's just I don't do want to be on the highway. Right. Let's just do it. Um, yeah, you just have to open yourself to, to the possibilities. Uh-huh. I feel like that's really all you can do. Yeah, and you can't, like, live in fear of the car breaking down. You know, like, you just, like, have to, like accept that, like, and, like, also well, be, like, do, excited about it, you know, like, working if, on it. Yeah, if you do live in fear of your car breaking down, like, there's an issue, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. 
Oh. And you don't want to be living in a relationship like that either. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. There's totally. So, many, so many good parallels. So many good parallels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a juicy one. This is a juicy one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. And like, I don't know. And it, and it feels like, at least in my life, oh my God, I was about to say something that's so, so corny. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Well, I was about to say. Oh, here's the days in where we broke down. No, yeah. And then we were next to the Jenny. Yeah, we were like, we, we came off the off ramp. And our friend gave a Honda gas and the distributor just like fucking chipped up oh, and died. Shit. It just died right there. It was like, so we're out on the shoulder pushing that thing up the hill. Oh, it was rough. We got we got to the days in right as the cop the rolled by. We were like days really in. lucky. Oh, and then, then we talked to the days in people. Like some current, I don't know, blessings. Yeah, <laughs> for blessings. real. Yeah. And we were like, we were like, is it okay if we leave this here overnight? And she was like, oh yeah, yeah, just so long as you don't, you know, leave it here for days on end. <laughs> days on end. <laughs> days on <at the> days. <laughs> Oh my god. That, that could have been a lot worse. Luckily, we, we made it this close. Next Which car was that? That was the Honda. The 1990 oh, Honda yeah. Civic. 1990 Honda Civic. Honda but it's in Detroit right now. Is it really? Wow. Yeah. It's doing great, right? Yeah, it's doing great. We, had, we got a new distributor for it and drove it for about a week, and that distributor blew up. Uh, <laughs> we got a new distributor. Thought, we thought it was we thought it was gone after we put that second distributor on it. It still wasn't running right. And then, but you never got that stuck spark plug out. The spark plug seemed to be seized into the block somehow. So we don't need any spark plugs ever. What? How did that happen? Is it was it the same plug that's like soaked in oil? No, that one came out. That was oh, the only one so that came oily. out. The oily one. Right, it was so oily. Bad, bad valve cover seals. I mean, it's a 1990 Honda Civic. What do you expect? But the thing's great. It's 35 miles to the gallon. Yeah, it's And we just had to put some fresh gas in it, and now it runs like a dream. (laughs) Fresh gas? Sometimes it's always the simplest solution. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. What was was your cheesy thing? I really want to hear. Oh, my God. I was going to say, you can't chest drive a relationship <laughs> like hmm. like I feel like that's like a thing that that's always scary to me you know and I feel like I'm very obsessive and like anxious whenever I although this only really happened to me twice when I like have to get a new car I'm like well I really need to like ensure that it's not fucked up in these different ways and I need to like talk to my people that really know about cars you know and like make sure that it's gonna like support me in my journeys because I travel a lot but I feel like I don't know like when I start dating people it just starts happening like there's not really a lot you can do aside from like maybe talking to other people that know them from the past or something and, and like know their behavior about like how they're actually gonna act people also are always different you know it's not like cars where they like you know if there's a problem it's just a problem and it like announces itself but like I 
feel like people act really differently at the beginning of a relationship and like the opening phase of the relationship than they do once they're more comfortable with you, you know? Uh, so there's no test drive. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, car, the car's problems are usually there and not the surface. Yeah, totally. People, people are not always all the way on the surface yeah, like that. Or, yeah, and so you have to take this like Another topic, maybe for a later date. <laughs> we're almost there. Yeah, we're almost there. But another topic I was thinking about was like the impact of long car drives on relationships. Um, right. Yeah. You know, my dad always. My dad used to have this job when he was like in his twenties, where he uh, drove rich people's cars across the country for them. Seems like a sweet job. You should do that. (laughs) But uh, he told me that he like took a girlfriend of his on one of these jobs, and he said that he was like really into this girl, and he thought that they were gonna get married, and then they broke up at the end. (laughs) Wow! He always told me that that was the true test. Yeah. That you have to drive across the country with someone. Uh, That's. That's deep. I feel yeah, like that's right, real. Right. Because it's like yeah. it really gives gives you time to see the worst things about each other. Yeah, definitely. You know? And there's a lot of stress, you know, and you yeah. have to work through it together. Yeah. A lot of car related stress. Yeah, car stress, direction stress. Uh-huh. Right. Where to where to stop. What, yeah. There's yeah. all sorts of But also like a lot of like cool and together and like grow with each other by experiencing you know and like seeing how people respond to it I do feel like it's really significant how people act in road trips and I have like you know I have friends that I enjoy being on road trips with a lot better than some of my other friends you know right. Right. yeah it's, it's a very intimate space yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. inside of a vehicle uh-huh. yeah yeah, you're like essentially just like trapped in a pod with someone <laughs> for hours, you know. And if you're the one in the passenger seat, your life also kind of depends on that person, you know. Yeah, right. So it's pretty intimate. Well, I mean, do you want to? I maybe do the last question. What are you excited about? In the future, about your cars and crushes, and then wrap it up. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Which I think I am excited about, uh, at least with cars. I'm ex- it's not my car, but I'm excited. Or like the two of us, like uh, our co pilot in the back, Kimmy, did uh, the job recently on someone else's car, and it was like. It was uh, front ball joints and upper control arms on a 2002 Honda Accord. And we had done that before on another 2002 Accord. And we were just like, okay, we're going to go to the store, rent all the tools we need in one shot. We, like, we know what we need. We even knew what size some of this stuff was, like some of the bolts and stuff. We were traveling, so we didn't have our normal socket wrenches and stuff. 
and we were pretty far away from the parts store where we were going to be working on this car, so just a little more. Right. It was like wow. high stakes. Like we didn't want to, we didn't want to miss anything and have to go back to the store. Because it was going to yeah. take you know over an hour to make that run, and we didn't have to go back to the store. And that's the first time that's ever happened to me. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like sometimes if I'm working yeah, on something amazing. at home, yeah. That I don't have to go to the store twice, but even even then, I often have to go to the store twice. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, uh, I don't think I've ever been in a situation where I had to do a job and I had to rent a tool from the parts store and I didn't go to the parts store twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, wow, that's amazing. So you were just really like on it then, prepared. It sounds like I, I felt confident. Yeah. And and it didn't take. More than twice as long as I thought. <laughs> I thought it was going to be amazing. like one day, and it was one day. Yeah, it was like half a day. Yeah, it was like seven hours. That's amazing. That is really beautiful. That's exciting. Cool. And I, I think, like I think with crushes, I'm just excited about. I, I'm just trying to get to a point where I feel like. I don't have expectations, and I can just, like, enjoy the crush. Like, even if it seems like the person is maybe, like, reciprocating those feelings, and I'm, like, starting to be like, oh, like, is this gonna go somewhere, you know? But I'm excited about getting to the point where that doesn't make me really anxious, and I'm just, like, can enjoy the ride, because I feel like I am making progress. That's... That's dope. That's great. Uh, yeah, that's what it's about, I think. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that, too, in the crush world. I think I'm really excited about, like, developing new crushes, and instead of it being this, like, impeding doom feeling, <laughs> like, okay. thinking about it as, like, okay, this is, like, a new kind of exciting adventure, and, like, I don't know what the future is going to hold, but, like, I by just like by the fact that I am like excited about this person like sometimes I think about how like crushes like compel me to like learn about different things and do different things because I want to impress them but like even if they're not impressed you know I feel like I'm still a better person because I like push myself to like learn a new thing or like be more like self-aware you know so I think crushes can have a positive impact on that way and I'm excited about like yeah about like having new crushes and more crushes and like allowing to hold them in a way that feels a lot like lighter um, than I have in the past and for cars um, I'm excited about getting over my like fears about messing things up and like working on cars more this year and I also have some commitments from some people to teach me how to drive stick which is definitely a goal for the year That's that's great. I, I yeah. like driving stick. I, I hope you like it too. I yeah, I think I will. I really think I will. And it just opens up a lot, you know, like if I can drive stick there's just so many more cars in the car. Okay. Cool. Any closing words from the back? <laughs> Uh, sure, I'll answer that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
guitar world. Uh, I recently just got a new a new vehicle in my world. It's, a, it's also a Saturn SL1, yeah. a '99. Saturn Club. Um, <laughs> it's it's the nicest car I've ever owned. It has, only has seventy four thousand miles on it. AC works. It's great. <laughs> um, so impressive. So I'm, I'm excited to uh, to get to know that car and uh, see what the see what our future together holds. Um, I, I do know it, it needs a transmission sensor, which actually looks like it's going to be a pretty pretty easy procedure, so I'm excited to do that. Yeah, yeah, Saturn gave you, like, a door on top of the yeah, transmission. Yeah, it's awesome. You just wow. have to take the battery and the air filter out of the way, and then there's just a cover with some 10-millimeter nice. bolts, and just, you don't have to drain anything. Yeah, it looks, yeah. Like, yeah, it looks that's great. So, good job, Saturn. Good design. We like that. Yeah, very pro Saturn. Um, and then for my crushes, uh, I guess I'm excited to do be doing more traveling and meeting new people in this next uh, next road in my life and. Uh, the place I've been living and spending a lot of time recently, just like being busy with work and, and things at, at home, uh, has been starting to feel like very insular and like I live and stay with one of my partners there and that has been really great and um, but I'm also excited to start expanding my horizons and Spending spending some time with new friends. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's great. Word. Word. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Awesome. Well, too, I guess some exciting car and crush future for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, this is Nangoya Crescent. And this is Honey Hubcaps. Call me Dusty Diesel. <laughs> yeah! Hell yeah! Okay. All right, I love it. Yeah, I love it. And we're keeping it on the road. Keeping it on the road. <laughs> See you next time. Let's do the karaoke part. Wait, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, how do I do this? Oh, that's Michelle. No, I want the radio. You press the FM button. Uh. Hey for doing an easy update. <laughs> no, wait, was that good? What was that? <laughs> no. But the thought is, I thought all this for you, just to see it, and with all these lawless feelings, the sensations that you thought were dead. I don't know the words. And then you're like, I'm feeling good, I got something, in my bag I'm useless, not for long, my future is coming on.